I'm your host, Tony Lavorna from Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore, on location at Dead Man's Hollow in Elizabeth Township, Boston, PA. And tonight with me will be Investigator Becky Drafgalini from Cripple Creek and the OPIT, Ohio Paranormal Investigation Team out of Ohio. It's roughly a little after 7.20 in the evening. You can see the gullies and crisscross paths, the beautiful surrounding trees and waterfalls, not like the industry, which is fading away by the vegetation. There is something else that is refusing to fade away here, and that would be that of the spirits who are said to haunt this region. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. Tony LaVorna's Legends and Lore podcast explores the history and tales of ghost stories, mysterious crimes, murders, UFOs, witchcraft, and other occult happenings still thriving in the greater Ohio Valley region of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, and beyond. Dead Man's Hollow lines the mighty Yokogany River Trail outside of McKeesport, PA. It's situated, as I said, between Boston, PA, and Elizabeth Townships. The area today is now a nature preserve that spans roughly 400 and some acres and is operated and owned by the Allegheny Land Trust of Pennsylvania. It is the largest unbroken wooded space in the country. Just a little over a hundred years ago, the region was home to several industries. Those were two brickyards, the Union Soar pipe factory, several gas and oil wells, not to mention the old P and LE Lake Erie Railroad, a water tower, and all those from the days when the railroad lumbered through this area. Today, the remnants of the Union Soar pipe factory can still be recognized, albeit the vegetation is slowly devouring the now relics. Now, there are many things to see upon these trails, and there are over eight miles of trails if you wish to come and see this yourselves. You can see the gullies and crisscross paths, the beautiful surrounding trees and waterfalls, not like the industry which is fading away by the vegetation. There is something else that is refusing to fade away here, and that would be that of the spirits who are said to haunt this region. Every autumn a ghost is said to make his or her presence known in the hollow, and it does so by rustling leaves and making airy sounds to the unfortunate who hear it. The mystery can only deepen as to whose spirit it actually is, and that it makes this lonely trekking chair. Now, because you see there's a list of candidates, listeners, to choose from, and I will try to give you a small narration on some of those legends this evening. Also, Becky and the group will be conducting some investigations at the ruins. And some of the people here this evening, and there's about 20 or 30, were walking as I speak, and that's why I apologize for being somewhat winded. We're going to walk approximately a mile to to the side of the ruins with the group. And I will give to you some of the legends associated with this area. 
allow me to try and set the scene for you as we're walking along the trail probably can hear some of the rustling of the leaves in the ground that we walk upon now there's a bicycle trail here it's a paved trail as i said there's over eight miles of them one we're currently using uh, to get to our point of destination which is the old sewer and pipe ruins or the ruins section of this great park the first tale would come in 1874 the origin the name of this place has always been in question. Now there are a group of boys who were wandering through it when they discovered a man hanging upside down on a noose in a tree. The body was decomposing at the time, making it impossible to identify the victim. Some believe that this was an act committed by the KKK, but they were not prevalent in the area of Pittsburgh area during that point in history. Uh, other versions of the legends claim it have been the body of a woman and still others a Native American. Many believe this tale is the reason for the name of the area. However, the story is slightly similar to a documented uh, event that took place in a place called Langer's Hollow. And the man or the body found there was George Barber. Uh, that was Langer Hollow, Indiana in 1874. That place too was named Dead Man's Hollow. Perhaps that would be one explanation for the similarity in the stories that has something to do with the mix-up of the regions. However, we're unable to find or document anything that would kind of substantiate that. So I'll let you, the listener, make your own choices and decisions. The second set or group of uh, candidates for the weird spirits and names that emanate from this place would probably do with the case of Robert George McClure. He owned a dry goods shop in McKeesport and he had been robbed by three men. McClure went on a hunt to find those responsible for the crime and tried to bring them to justice. He discovered the men who had robbed him along Dead Man's Hollow. McClure fired shots at the criminals who returned volley. They fired back. McClure was actually hit in the encounter by gunfire. He would actually die from his injuries. And some seven years later, 1881, there has been documentation showing that McClure actually did, was a live human being. He did die around that time. And it would be three years later that the gang leader, a young man by the name of Ward McClunky, who was only 19 years of age, would be convicted of that murder. He would be hung in the Allegheny County Courtyard Jail. Now, he alleged that his last words were actually goodbye all you murderers goodbye now some believe mcclure was killed in february 1880 and that the ward mcconkey was convicted in 81 and then sentenced to hang actually in may of 83 mcconkey again was only 19 years of age now his last words were quote all i have to say gentlemen is that you hang me because you think i know something about the murder of george mcclure and I won't squeal. The people of McKeesport want to see me hanged, but I'm an innocent man. At that point is when they put the white cap over him and he said, goodbye, all oh, you murderers, goodbye. Could it be that the spirit is Robert McClure or Ward McConkie? Uh, again, just more food for thought and more candidates as this mystery deepens. Now the next 
thing that happened was an explosion, and that was in March of 83 when four workmen were at the George Fleming Stone Quarry at Dead Man's Hollow. They were killed while attempting to thaw frozen explosives by an open flame. Now, you may think to yourself, that sounds ridiculous. That was, in fact, what happened. The explosive ignited, and the blast killed at least two of the men instantly. The Wheeling Register reported the story on March 10th of 1883, and this is what they had to say. The workmen did arrive at the quarry, and the explosion was over frozen explosives. What had happened was they arrived on scene, the men. They decided to take some of the frozen dynamite that was there and try to put it closer to a fire that was prepared for them to keep them warm during the extreme cool weather. The plans went awry. The dynamite exploded. Both brothers George and David Henninger died near the blast. The other men that were there, uh, one received burns on both his face and body. And another man, the fourth, the noble Gilkey was the gentleman's name. He was severely burned on the face and the body, but it was expected to recover. Now, as we approach the ruins point, we're going to stop. I'm going to mic up Becky Trapgalini. She's going to uh, conduct some paranormal research um, utilizing dowsing rods. Uh, the dowsing rods, as you may or may not know, are two copper-type rods, almost in the shape of an L. You will hold them loosely in your hands uh, with not a, not a very tight grip and not a very loose grip, something in the middle. So you're going to hold these rods out in front of you, and they ask the spirit or the entities questions upon which the rods are to move or indicate some type of, of change or, or answer from the spirit world. Okay, if I could briefly just describe the scene. Uh, Becky is with a group of people. Uh, there's a, the, the group of 30 have been split into groups of 10. So there's three groups of 10. Uh, she's speaking with a young lady. The young lady, if I could describe it to you listeners, is wearing a dark shirt, dark cap. Uh, she has the dowsing rods exposed or, or straight in front of her. Uh, Becky, being the interviewer in this, she's going to ask multiple questions. I, I hope you're able to pick this up. I will do my best. Again, the next voice you're going to be here is that of Becky Trapgalini from Cripple Creek Paranormal Investigations. Please stand by. Go ahead, a little bit more. A little bit more. We're not going to bother you too much tonight. This is the last group, so you got to show them that you're here. Is it okay that we're here? You're hearing voices from other people in the group, also part of the uh, dowsing rod experiment. A little bit more. Can you feel them vibrating in your hand? Mm -hmm. At this point, the rods are crossing over the young lady's hand. Uh, one from the right hand crossing over to the left. The young lady is kind of shocked, so kind of surprised. Slowly, the rods are crossing over. She's now going to another young lady. Can you open them back up? Okay, so she's asking them to open them back up, which they did. Uh, the rods cross from left to right and right to left again. I'm about to go to another gentleman here, this young man dressed in black. He seems to be working uh, with the dowsing logs as well. It's hard to see. Obviously, we're in the dark with mere flashlights. A young man's dressed in leather, uh, jeans, and a hoodie, and he has some the copper or dowsing rods in his hand and it would seem they're crossing over oh there they go okay 
that you, you Mary? I would be back in Trapdolini. Cross the rods if it's you, Mary. Okay, so what you're hearing is them conversing back and forth over the, the rods themselves. Let me tell you a little bit further about some of the legends that have been associated again with, with this area. One of the other stories that often are told here at Dead Man's Hollow is that of two bank robbers who robbed a bank in Clarendon, uh, not far from here. One of the men um, decided that they should head for the Dead Man's Hollow in the woods. They were about to hide their loot uh, that they robbed from the bank. So they make their way down to Dead Man's Hollow and the one man decides to keep the money from the other robber. As they got deeper into the woods, the one man launched his plan. He decided to help stash the money away in a secret hiding place. As the second would-be robber began to leave the woods, the first man killed him. As the legend goes, the one robber that was left, he was approached and apprehended by lawmen. As he came out of the woods, he panicked and the, the lawmen shot him and killed him. So some people believe, as the legend goes, that the money is still somewhere in the hollow buried. Now this story has been undocumented, uh, but it was told to us from someone who had heard it who lived back in the area long ago. Now, one of the reasons why it may have not been documented, however, was banks of those days rarely tried to report robberies in the news and things because it would cause, obviously, a lack of business for their bank if they couldn't protect their customers and service. So that may be one of the reasons why it wasn't documented. Now the next legend deals with not so much a ghost as a woody giant creature. <laughs> In this particular tale, an elderly man by the name of B. Charles Brown went to walk in Dead Man's Hollow. And it is said to have taken place on a hot August day in 1893. I took with him a walking stick, and as he goes down the path, he chose the more shady path to stroll on because of the great summer heat. Uh, As he's making his way down the path as we are, he hears a strange noise in the brush and passes out because what happens is he sees what he believes to be a massive 30 or 40 foot snake that was said to be three foot wide according to him he as i said passes out from fear he comes to later on decides to walk into town and tell them of this tale now it has become this snake a sort of local legend much like loch ness monster uh, as people uh, often out of humor would report sighting this creature now there's no physical evidence to support the claims of a giant snake in this region and more than likely it was probably uh, a legend that was started more so by local moonshiners who would try to spread rumors to keep people away from their operation the next candidate was a gentleman by the name of edward woods who drowned in the Yakagani River and was washed ashore at Dead Man's Hollow, and some suspected it was some type of foul play. 
I should say he was somehow found or his hat was some way found at the beginning of Dead Man's Hollow. Now Edward was roughly 74 years of age and he was from Elizabeth Township when this occurred back in 1887. Uh, Some theorize that perhaps it's his spirit trying to revenge some type of foul play that befallen him. Now, the last candidate that I have for you is that of uh, Mr. Mike Suckle. Uh, that's S-A-C-C-O. At the time of his death, uh, Mr. Sacco, S-A-C-O, uh, was working in the Union Sewer Pipe Company when he was killed in an elevator accident. Uh, some believe his spirit is still haunting the area. Um, and what happened was Mike was leaving work on September 25, 1905. He was using a rope elevator to lower himself but as he pulled the ropes in order to lower himself the elevator instead began to rise so uh, Mike foolishly jumped from the elevator in an attempt to reach the second floor but his body became wedged in the second floor ceiling in the floor of the elevator so he was rushed to the hospital but died before his arrival Now, there are many different legends associated with this place, and we can only surmise, perhaps, that one of these legends may have something to do with the ghost that is said to haunt this place. Uh, As we continue this investigation this evening, um, which I believe this particular uh, tour is uh, two hours, um, we will work diligently to record some of the information. Uh, We hope to take people down to the tunnel. Uh, However, there are some areas uh, that do have water. I don't think I'll be able to use some of this electronic equipment with me. If you do decide or are interested in taking one of these tours or just coming to the Allegheny Land Trust, they do have a web page and a site set up in order to help you with that information. And at that point, I would like to thank the group, Becky Trapgalini, who's busy now at the top of the hill with some other folks. And I have been your host, Tony Lavorna, for Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore, a part of the Social Voice Project. I would like to thank you all as well as our participants tonight. There's been a wonderful group of roughly 30 people. Uh, So I will be signing off, and we will meet again. If you like what you've heard, be sure to like, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. of the Social Voice Project.
concludes.